I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Uh, today I'm here with Jacqueline Marshall. Jacqueline's a formal dental, former dental hygienist turned self-taught DIYer. Uh, Jacqueline, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for your time and having me as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I like the um, sort of DIY aspect of, of your background because I have a similar, uh, almost out of necessity, <laughs> DIY yeah. background. So um, why don't you go ahead and sort of tell us a little, little bit about yourself, your background, and, and then uh, we can kind of you know, follow whatever path that takes us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I'm a former dental hygienist, former being because I was about three years into that career and I was not enjoying it. I was downright hating it, actually. And it was just not giving me the quality of life that I wanted. I was working 12 hour shifts, five days a week. There was a long commute before and after the shifts. I was working every second Saturday. And I was like, wow, I didn't, and I spent two and a half years and a lot of money, you know, getting uh, trained to be a hygienist. And uh, I just honestly did not know what I was going to do because I couldn't see myself doing that job um, until I was too old to do it. And it was time to retire and stuff. So, but I had no idea what I could replace that income with. And I just happened to luck out. I put my principal home up for sale so that I could move closer to where I was working and maybe take out some of that commute and hang in there, right? So it didn't, it was a blessing. It did not sell. And for whatever reason, it's been a blessing. And I ended up renting it. And I bought another house closer to where I was working. And that took about 45 minutes off of my commute every day. So, you know, I was hanging in there as a hygienist and, uh, and I was having relatively good luck with the first set of tenants. You know, I wasn't having too many, many problems. And I just want to point out too, when I first time I became a landlady, I had no idea that I should tenant screen or do anything like that. I, I had no systems, no processes in place. I do now, but uh, thank goodness, considering what I didn't know and what I didn't do, I did lock out with those tenants. They did tend to be relatively 97% good. So, and it was a, it was a definitely a learning curve for me. Uh, but then, yeah, but, but due to that, I thought, well, I'm going to rent out the second house that I bought. And I bought a, another house where I was able to house hack and I was going to stop there. I had still had no idea or in visions of walking away from hygiene. And, uh, but I just kept on buying houses and I got to six houses. And then I had a conversation with my realtor saying, you know, I think I'm onto something here <laughs> and what else can I do in terms of uh, investing? And so that after that conversation flipping stood out to me and I tried it. I started off with a light construction or light cosmetic lipstick flip and I had retired or I quit the, the, the office I was working in because I wanted to go in full tilt because when you work a 12 hour shift, 
I have no time or energy after that to work on a flip, no matter how light cosmetic it is. Yeah. And so I thought I really need to make this work. And I had the affordability to, you know, take a break from hygiene and go full tilt with the flip. And it went successful. There was a lot of learning curves. There was a lot of tears and uh, a lot of time learning, like going to YouTube, but I persevered. I stuck it out. It was successful. And I was like, this is it. I am going to be a serial house flipper. So, and that's what happened. So for three years now, I've been a serial house flipper. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I think that the, the accidental landlord situation of, you know, people mm -hmm. just kind of dropping into it because for exactly that same reason, oh, I didn't, I couldn't sell my house. Mm -hmm. I needed to get out of it. I'll just rent it out. I, I think that happens to a lot of people and, and, but it, it opens your eyes up, right. To the, to mm -hmm. the benefits of, you, you, as you said, like at that point, you didn't necessarily have a background in it. You didn't have systems in place. Nope. And yet still it was good. Right. It's, it's kind of like one of those things that it's, it's real estate is it's, it's easy to make some mistakes, but it's hard. It's almost hard to completely fail right? You can do yeah. wrong and recover and, and given enough time, it's likely that you'll figure it out and the market will help you. And there, there's a lot of, you know, ways that you can kind of work through it. So, I mean, and that's really kudos to you for realizing it quickly and then just kind of continuing the process, right? Continuing. Yeah. I mean, I saw an opportunity. I didn't know I was on an a road of opportunity, but I still went with it blindly. And I think my story, I mean, it just goes to show, you no, know, you don't have to have it all figured out to get started or be successful. And even if, say, I had thought about designs of becoming a landlady and I studied or watched podcasts for six months or to a year, you're never going to have it all figured out ever. Even the most seasoned veteran uh investor they have learning curves they still have roadblocks that's what i've been finding out at least and i mean you're never going to have it figured out and so you might as well even if you don't know what you're doing just start because you're going to have learning curves you're going to have growing pains no matter what yeah. and one way or the other no matter how if you're seasoned or unseasoned you're still going to have to deal with it and find solutions for whatever you're faced with it because i mean you have to be in the game to learn the game you know and you're not going to know what you have to deal with or learn unless you're actually doing it. So, and that's definitely been when I became a landlady, I was learning as I was going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there was some growing pains. Yeah, it, it's so true. It's a great point. It, it's, and it, I mean, every, virtually everyone I've talked to in, in terms of, you know, however they got started in real estate and where they are now everyone's like, just start. That's, yeah. how, that's how you get, that's how you get going. That's how you build from there. Just mm -hmm. get started. However it is, get started. And then, yeah. you know, you work, as you work through it, it's the, the, there's a saying that I really like. It's, uh, it goes, you don't, it, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. Right. So it's the same, it's the same process as the first time you do it as the 10th time you do it, it's just you're mm -hmm. better at it now. So it's kind of like <laughs> you just figure out those things, you work through it, you find whatever roadblocks you come up against, you <laughs> you beat those roadblocks, you move on to the next one. And then on the next time, mm -hmm. you know what roadblocks to expect, and then some different ones come up. So it, it's just kind of, it's just getting started. And I, I think that's a really good, you know, sort of message to, to start with even just that, that 
that that you did that that you 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 sort of <laughs> accidentally fell into it but then saw the <laughs> opportunity and and didn't stop right you didn't, yeah. didn't say oh well i just rent that house out and now i'm now i'm done so you went through it D tell me so when you decided to start flipping do what market are you are you are you doing this all in the same market are you sort of remotely uh pretty much yeah i'm here in ontario so okay. i'm in canada so okay. yeah uh, <laughs> uh and yeah the rentals the flipping it was all relatively like where i was living my principal okay. home as when i was working as a hygienist and then i got bitted out in uh that area the landscape changed uh in the real estate market so i went from being the only person putting a bid on a house well, maybe like two or three offers on a house it went from one to three to 30 and i couldn't compete against 30 offers there was no way i could come in with and i was already coming in with a clean offer like my my offers were like cash uh clo uh quick closing if you need an extension on the closing, I am flexible. I'll give you up to 30 days. Um, all cash, no conditions, no inspections. Like I couldn't come in any cleaner except, you know, to go, okay, in order to get the house, I have to go $150,000 over, you know, and as a, and as a flip, that just doesn't make sense. That, does, that would never work out in the numbers. So I ended up relocating myself to another town that was five hours away. And uh, it worked out well. I had some more success there for the past two years. And I've been in that market now during the whole COVID thing that's been going on <laughs> the past two years. And the landscape has changed down there again because so many people in Toronto, uh, which is five hours away from that market, uh, four and a half, five hours, a lot of people were working from home. Working conditions had changed. So now everybody is migrating from city because they're like, hey, I'm stuck you know, working from home. I don't want to be cooped up in a small apartment or house with no backyard. So they were selling like crazy and migrating, you know, to places like where I was in the community I was in now so that they could get more for the bang for their buck. They've got a huge backyard now. They've got a double garage maybe. So, you know, it was, so the landscape changed again on me. So Yeah. Yeah. But it's, again, it's another just example of, you know, you, you, hit a roadblock, you adapted to it, you moved to a different market. Hopefully you don't have to keep moving all the time, but it <laughs> No, I uh, I think with this too, you've got to be open. There's so many different strategies and different ways you can, uh, you know, invest. And certainly uh, now um, I want to kind of not step away completely, not completely retire from flipping, but uh, just with the cumulative experience as a landlady and just what I've curated, you know, um, my knowledge with real estate investing, I'm pivoting again. So I have a, a multifamily that's coming up for closing, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx myself. So uh, that's supposed to be closing in a, not too long. And uh, yeah, so I'm just pivoting into multifamily. And uh, I feel more confident about that because obviously I, I have some systems and processes. I know how, I know now that I should tenant screen <laughs> and things like, just simple little things like that, you know, do some background checks, you know? Uh, so I'm definitely going into it with uh, my eyes more wide open. That's definitely going to mitigate risk, I think. And uh, yeah. Are you, so were you, uh, I know you didn't tenant screen the first one, but were you sort of self-managing your rentals? Yeah, or no, I managed everything. Uh, there, everyone's pretty been uh i've never had to evict anybody and uh i have amazing tenants and even during uh this whole pandemic the past two years everybody has paid their rent 
on time. I haven't uh, had that, hey, I'm not going to pay because this is what's going on in the world. I haven't experienced that, um, you know, which has been the experience for some people. I've been hearing some horror stories on both sides of the border, you know. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had any of that. I've had really good luck and I kept um, good communication with my tenants too. But I think we're kind of on the back end of it now. So every, you know, the world is kind of normalizing, at least here in Canada, and everybody's kind of going back to work. Things are open. So I don't really have to worry about it moving forward. But um, yeah, I mean, I've had some good luck. I have never had to evict anybody. I've never had, uh, when it's a tenant turnover, I've never had to, a place trashed. I mean, it needs a deep cleaning. It needs a, a, a new, a fresh coat of paint, you know, but um, you know, that's to be expected. But I mean, you kind of want to, it's just like if you went to a hotel, you check into a hotel, you expect clean sheets on the on the bed, right? When you go to, so I mean, regardless of how long a tenant stays with me, I always give it a fresh coat of paint uh, and just stay on top of things and repairs and things like that and yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some, some level of turnover, no matter mm -hmm. what. And it's just, yeah, if you've got good tenants and they're not making that turnover into more renovations, then that's obviously a much, mm -hmm. much more ideal situation. So, I mean, it sounds like despite not screening tenants, you're, you've lucked out in terms of tenant quality. And uh, I, I, I feel like people are nicer in Canada anyway. So maybe that's, <laughs> Maybe that's just... Oh, we've got our meanies too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, it was only the first year that I was a landlady that I didn't screen. Like when I rented the second house out, yeah. I knew, uh, yeah, I started uh, giving out applications and fact checking the application and then sitting down with them with a lease and things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> got more into the, yeah, into background checks and things like that. Yeah. Totally yeah. Um, well, let's, Let's talk a little bit about the, the DIY component because as I mentioned, that, that's sort of near and dear to my heart. So yeah. how, did, how did that start for you? What did it look like? I know you said the first flip was, uh, was a bit of a cosmetic flip. I, I'm curious kind of what, what, how that progression looked for you. Cause I, I mean, I know, like I said, I know what it was for me, but I'm, I'm always interested in what, how other people get at, to that level. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the first one, it, it just really benefited from, upgrades like updating and things like that it didn't need anything like a roof or waterproofing or um there was no room to put in a second bathroom so i wasn't able to put that value add on it um but uh it just really benefited from carpet painting updating the kitchen with some paint i that was the first flip i did so i didn't want to rip out get myself that would have been in over my head like you know ripping out the the kitchen and, and installing new kitchens but that first one was definitely a learning experience. I learned a lot just from YouTube, reaching out to people who were experienced, um, you know, and just talking to the people at the big box stores and saying, hey, this is what I need. This is the tool I need. And that's where the YouTube videos really came in. They, I learned what tool, what product you should use for what job, even if it's so much as painting, because there's all those little tips and tricks that you can do. And that's what separates it from it looking professional and from a really bad DIY yep. and uh, and any big, big expensive tools I needed, I just rented them because there were so many options and I didn't know which one to buy. So I just kept like the wet tile saw when I was doing the tiling, I just rented like, I think three different wet tile saws. And I was like, okay, I don't like this one, this one. And then I decided on that's, that's the one I bought. 
And uh, so, yeah, so that's a good way to learn too. If you know just what tools you want, because some aren't very user friendly and they might not operate the way that works for you. So that's a big investment. My wet tile sounds like almost a thousand dollars. So you don't want to spend that kind of money and find out that you don't like it. So. Yes, I've, I know that well. I've bought I've bought the wrong tools before as well, and it, it is frustrating. I like that actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of renting out a couple of different ones to see what you like and what works for you. So it's yep. a it's a really good idea. So you've you've been painting, you've done tiling. What else? Uh, what to what extent are you doing it yourself and and how much are you sort of putting out you know to contractors and I I would imagine that as you progress you you hand off more and more because then you're really more of, of managing it but maybe maybe not no no not at all um no. so I mean I graduated like the flips they required more and more construction right and I graduated into houses that maybe need a new roof they might need new windows they might need I might have the potential if it fits in my I never go over budget that's a not that's uh, non-negotiable with me. I won't spend more than, but this is it. This is it. Because I don't want to get into trouble. But uh, no, my confidence, my skill, my knowledge just did keep them increasing. And I got to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm just ripping everything out like a bathroom to the studs and then re-drywalling everything all by myself and just ripping out the kitchens and putting the kitchen in, installing it by myself. Um, just everything is just, uh, it just got easier and easier. I mean, there was frustrations, but, um, but no, when I got into the big things like roofing, I hired that out. Um, if it was roughing in a new, a second bathroom, I hired plumbers to do that. And then I would get them to get it to a point where the phalange was there in the floor. And then I took over from there. I just said, yeah, your job is done. Just put the flange in, just do all the piping, correct piping. Cause like with those old houses, um, there's an opportunity to clean things up too. Cause there's always like, I've found in my experience, a couple of flips, there's all these old not being used pipes and all of this. And so I get the plumber just to clean all that out and, you know, and then you're kind of connecting like new stuff with old stuff and only a, somebody experienced would know how to do that, you know? So I just leave it to the professionals. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of that, some of that plumbing, I mean, I don't know what code is in Canada, but some of that plumbing and electrical stuff is you're not, sort of allowed to do it yourself you have to have to mm -hmm. some extent you need a licensed professional to do it depending on what yeah. they are in your city so um yeah. no that's i mean that's super cool i i like i've done all of those things right the you know using youtube just <laughs> figuring it out as you go along it's it's very cool but it's, it's really satisfying and and you know when you finish a project like that and you you know especially like you're flipping these houses i'm sure yeah. you know you've done all of that finished work, the tiling, the painting, someone comes in and buys it, it's, it's very rewarding to see, you know, that they like what you've done, and they, they're yeah. willing to pay for it and everything, so. Yeah, no, there's a pride factor there, too, because I'm just, like, I step back when I'm done, I'm like, damn, I did this, and then somebody comes in, and they love it enough to buy it and make it their home, it's like, okay, that's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. a, a very cool um, sense of accomplishment, you know, <laughs> just to do it and then to have someone else you know sort of validating your work by by mm. actually coming in and buying it is a yeah. is a very cool uh feeling i'm sure i, I it's, it's great i i i know exactly you know sort of <laughs> that process i i started with it was my own house but it was similar thing it was just like an out of necessity sort of thing and i'm like 
I don't have any money, so I guess I better figure this out. And it, it progressed to, you know, I've done it on many houses and I've, uh, I've worked for contractors. Like I, I, I've learned all that stuff. And I, I think it's just, it's just a matter of doing it and getting in there. It's the same thing as starting with real estate, right? You just, you just need to mm-hmm. do it. And then you'll be, once you do it, then, you know, if you tile something, well, now you know how to use the tile saw and you can do a yeah. little more <laughs> complex project and stuff. So it's, it's, it's uh, very, very cool. I like that a lot. Um, so how many, how many flips have you done? Sounds I've like done eight. Yeah. Awesome. Eight. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, I'm curious, like time frame for you, if you're doing most of it yourself, how uh, obviously there's a, a market component to the t- I mean, we've been in a sort of a rising market for a while, but, but there's obviously that concern of, sounds like you're very good about sticking to budget. So that's great. But you also have to figure out what your, you know, after repair value is going into the project. And then you want to make sure that you get out of the project before that potentially changes. So how, mm-hmm. how you're managing, obviously you, you said you left being a hygienist. So you're, you, you're dedicating your time to this, but it, do you, do you feel like the time frames are, are difficult or, or no, you're, you're kind of getting it done? Uh, no, I mean, I complete everything in about like three and a half to five months on my own. Uh, even, you know, even if there's a lot of things to do, I, I'm, I have great time management. So like, even, um, like even before I close on a flip, I've got everything bought. I've got everything ordered. And that's only simply because um, I'm allowed one to two walkthroughs before closing day. So when I, when my offer is accepted, uh, like for example, for the last house, I knew it needed new windows. And I know that even in the best of times that can take a long time. (laughs) to come. So when my offer got accepted on that house, um the guy that i knew was going to be installing the windows i had him come um with me and my agent and show up for my walkthrough i said measure everything and let's get this ordered and that was like two weeks before closing date uh because my offer got accepted we were closing two weeks so my offer got accepted the next day i had my first walkthrough because i wanted to get the measurements for those windows uh in place and i wanted him to get those ordered that day and get the ball rolling and so, yeah, I just get the ball rolling. And, uh, and then on my walkthrough, I measure everything. So I know how much flooring I need. I know, I get an idea of the, the decor. So I know what uh, light fixtures, what curtains and everything like. So in those two weeks, I've got everything ordered. So the day from the lawyer that when I get my key, I'm showing up with my truck and I'm literally unloading all the flooring, all the painting, all the light fixtures, everything, it's all there. Um, the cabinets, I usually buy the cabinets from Ikea from the as is sections, 50% off and they're already assembled. So then I just set up the, um, the cabinets. I put a sheet of plywood on and then that's my workstation for all my tools until I decide to set it up and, uh, get the granite counters, countertops in and stuff like that. So, yep. Uh, that, this is all like fantastic advice to, to anyone. I, hit the, I hit the ground running I hit the ground running yeah I mean anyone who who has any aspiration to do flips I mean even if you're not doing it yourself this is fantastic advice like already having all of that stuff lined up because I mean I, when you say three and a half to, to five months time frame like 
I know people flipping houses that have crews that don't get it done in three and a half to five months. Like that's, mm -hmm. you, I, you should. I was doing a flip. We had a bet. It was a, it was a friendly flipper bet going on. I did a flip in the town that I was in. And so the day I closed, it doesn't take long for people on the street to realize that I'm the one doing the work because obviously everybody, they see me coming in and out. I got the truck backed up to the front door. I'm in and out. I'm in my grubbies. You know, it doesn't take too long for everyone to figure out who's doing the work. Right. So uh, across the street, two doors down, uh, this other flipper situation, it was a team of three guys. And they started their flip the same week that I started mine. And they, but they, they packed up 4.35 o'clock. They went home regardless. I stayed in my flips. And if I could work till 12 o'clock at night, and that's basically what I did. I worked till I dropped and kept working and just kept going. I have no TV. I have no radio. It's focus about this. I'm a one woman team unless I'm hiring people to do things that I can't do like electrical or the roof or whatever. And I worked more hours. I worked more hours than those three guys did. And we finished, they did a completed finished basement, put in a second bathroom and just everything. And we finished at the same time. They put their house up for sale. And then a week later, I put my flip up for sale. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe it. And I, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of courses out there and I don't think that all the courses have a lot of value but I think that you could make a course on. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, you can't, you can't teach uh, work ethics. I don't think. You no, know? you can't, you can't teach work ethic. And I don't even, like I said, like, I don't even necessarily think it, it's, I think it's independent. What you're doing, a lot of it is independent on whether of, to the fact that you're doing it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Cause that organization having everything ordered ahead of time, having your windows, like, the, like I think a lot of people that try out flipping, they don't know that it takes six weeks or more to get windows. I think a lot of people don't. Oh, try try two to four months sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it, right? It's like six weeks is, is bare minimum, and it's yeah. and often longer than that. Same thing with doors. Same thing, you know. Some mm -hmm. if you're getting, you know, you're you're making use of the IKEA cabinets, but if you mm -hmm. want anything, even like even semi custom, like the stuff you would order online, that's going to take you six to eight weeks. I mean, all of that takes mm -hmm. time and so if that's already happening before you even have it under contract like i think a lot of people they wait till they close then go in and do all of those measurements and, yep. and orders and it's like you're already a month at least behind at that point mm -hmm. on your time yeah. frame. so it's like if people are using um you know people are using hard money loans or something like that to get through uh mm -hmm. flip you're just paying more interest i mean it's just mm -hmm. uh, so yes, you can't teach work ethic, but you can, the systems that you have in place and the way that you're yeah. doing that, I think is, is really, really good. Just, I mean, I'm sure we've only scratched the surface, but it just, even those few little tidbits, I think are. Yeah. I mean, uh, time is money too. Right. And so I stay in my flips. It's not because I don't have another place to stay, but it just makes for better, uh, better productivity. 
and I don't want to be sitting on this flip very long because it's going to cost me money and it needs to be flipped, you know, in a timely fashion. And so being there and working, I mean, I worked 12 hour shifts as a hygienist for heaven's sakes. And I did a two hour commute to get to that 12 hour shift. And then I did, so, you know, add those hours up. So, I mean, if I can put those kind of hours in per day to make only this kind of money, but then if I translate it and put those same hours into a job that's going to create me better, more wealth. Yeah. There's my motivation. You know? right. Right. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. So you put those hours in. Now, is there sustainability in that? No, of course not. I mean, I, I don't want to keep flipping, flipping, flipping until I'm too old and crepit to do that either. But I mean, I take that money and, you know, you invest it in multifamily. You, mul you invest it over here and, and things that are more passive. So that's, you've got to have that plan too, right? Right, so. right. Yeah, no, I was actually going to ask you how, how you felt about the sustainability of that type of like, yes, work ethic is extremely important, but at some point, mm -hmm. like working 14 hour days every day forever is, is mm -hmm. you just no. can't do it. Uh, it no, it, I don't want to. <laughs> right, exactly right. You can't, you can't do it physically or mentally and yeah. probably you don't want to do that forever. You know, that's not the end goal, yeah. but but I, I talk a lot about this with people, with other guests and things like that. And, you know, just what you're talking about now is you're, you, you're putting in those hours now in the, in the short term, which, which in the scheme of a life, it's short term, right? Even if you do this for a couple of years, it's short term. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think a short, short term is like a day or two, right? But it's realistically when you're, when you're trying to create yourself a better future, short term might be a few years. Mm -hmm. And so if you put in that work now for a few years, and then you're taking that money and you're doing smart things with it, you mentioned putting it into, you know, multifamily, whatever, whatever way you want to, whatever, you know, method you want to use for wealth building. Mm -hmm. If you can do that for a few years, then you're going to be set. And then your life, your lifestyle is going to be able to, you know, sort of completely switch where it's like, now, if you want to do flips, you don't necessarily have to be the one there that's there 14 hours a day, mm -hmm. you know, sort of run the cruise or you can uh, switch to investing passively or what, you know what I mean? You just yeah. have those, those systems in place and then, and then have enough income to kind of uh, shift over to whatever is maybe a little bit more easy. But I think also like someone with a work ethic, like you have, you're not just going to stop working. Right? Mm -hmm. You're not just going to be like, <laughs> okay I did enough now I'm done you're still gonna have yeah you're still gonna put I mean if I live till I'm 100 I want to be busy doing something you know like I I just need to be productive I am that kind of person and I need to be constantly challenged too which is another reason why the flips have gotten a little more <laughs> difficult over it. like I was like okay I've learned how to do this I've mastered this now let's learn something else let's learn something else right so I, I'm that type of personality too so yeah yeah, I've mastered paint and tiles, so let me do an entire gut kitchen or something <laughs> like. Yeah, it's it's. There's definitely <laughs> those step up levels that come. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 again, it's that you know sort of sense of accomplishment, and then the, the I would I would think that the more work a flip needs, you know, sort of bigger reward that you also can get from it. You know, there's probably mm -hmm. a bigger spread on those. Uh, really intense renovations versus the more cosmetic that's just you know, mm -hmm. sort of painted, painted tiles. So, um, yeah. so really cool, really cool. I, I, I think that uh, you, 
some of those things that again I, I really think is probably just scratching the surface but the the systems that you're I'm gonna in. put it in a book someday so don't worry <laughs> yeah exactly right it, it, a book so, something to get it out there uh, other than than my little podcast I think it'll be it's it's great information for for people that that want to give it a shot you know I think you could you could really offer a lot of value to to teaching others um so cool. All right. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Um, there's a just a few questions I like to ask each guest. The first one's related to the to the name of the show being Know Your Why. So, Jacqueline, what what is your why? What what motivates you and drives you aside from being a a hard worker? Kind of what's your uh, your motivating factors? Uh, I think I could write a book about that too, just alone. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. I was brought up by a single mom and money was tight and she passed away and uh, due to breast cancer. And I found out at a very young age that dying is expensive, even here in Canada, even with our healthcare system, it uh, takes a lot of money. And that really scared me. And I was uh, in my early twenties and it was uh, a very growing up moment. And I was very motivated to be financially um, uh, stable as I grew older, or, or if I found myself in my mom's situation. And uh, so I think, and that was one of the reasons why I became a dental hygienist, because I thought it was going to give me that, you know, financial stability. And I found out that, well, no, it really wasn't. And also, I didn't like the job. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was just sucking the essence out of me. And, um, you know, being, I don't have much patience or tolerance staying in a situation where I'm not happy, whether I'm looking consciously for the solution to get out of it or into it or something else, you know, sooner or later, I would have actively looked for something else, but I just happened to fall into it by being a landlady. But, um, I mean, the why is just, I, I just want to live life on my terms and I just, I envision a retirement for myself and something needs to bankroll that so that I can experience and have that come to fruition for me, you know, and just that stability. And uh, I'm glad I did because this past two years has been uh, very uh, financially uh, an upheaval for a lot of people. And I didn't experience that. If I had stayed as a hygienist, I wouldn't have had that financial stability or or anything, not as much as what I've had being due to a, what I'm doing. So um, that's definitely motivated me like, yes, I gotta, I'm on to something here. I gotta keep doing it. And uh, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of whys, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I find that uh, I ask everybody that question and I think, and it, you know, sort of similar for me, the, the it's not, it's not always just one thing, right? There's maybe mm -hmm. a, a few different really strong drivers and also I find it shifts over time. Like people's mm -hmm. why, your yeah. why when you're 20, when you're 40, when you're 60, it's, it's going to be different. So yeah, for sure. um, it's always, it's always just interesting to hear kind of, you know, uh, to me, like hearing from successful people, what, what pushed them to get them there? What pushes? Cause also I think at some point when you may reach a level of success and, and some, some people would say, well, why keep going? But it's, it, I think, again, it's that why that whatever your personal why is that that keeps you going in, in whatever capacity that means. So it, it's a it's, it's mm -hmm. interesting um, 
obviously uh, name of the podcast, but it's a, it's a very interesting component to me of, of people's success. Um, all right, so, so next question is, can you tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge, like maybe a hobby or a special skill that you have? Um, obviously, no, we now know you're a skilled DIYer. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, here in Canada, we have a province, Newf uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, when I tell people I was born and raised in Newfoundland, they're just like, well, you don't have a Newfoundland accent. And that's because when I came to the mainland, that's what we call Ontario. Anybody born on the rock, <laughs> Newfoundland, uh, when you come to the mainland, it's uh, nobody could understand me. I'm speaking English, you know, but nobody understood me. They were always going, what, what, what? And so for two years, I really worked hard to enunciate and speak English the way everybody else did. That's so funny. I, w the more you talk, the more we have in common. I, I'm originally from Boston and everybody always asks me why I don't have a Boston accent. And it's for yeah. basically that same reason. I was like, the Boston accent isn't very nice. And I just got, you know, sort of trained myself out of it at some point. If you mm -hmm. If you ever talked to my mom or, you know, sort of most of my friends, my, my family from home, you would know that's, that's where they're from. But it, yeah, that's a funny, mm -hmm. uh, funny story. Um, so when people hear your story here, uh, and if they want to reach out to you, what would be the best way to get hold of you? Uh, Instagram, uh, Baywalk Design. And Baywalk, again, a lot of people wonder, ask me like, what, what's the story behind Baywalk? Baywalk is a newfie term as well. So that's why I use it. And only people from Newfoundland would know that. So, but yeah, Baywalk Design, B-A-Y-W-O-P Design. Yeah, okay. Baywalk Design. Okay. And we'll put that, uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and then last question, Jacqueline, is what would be a piece of advice you would give to someone, uh, you know, maybe in your shoes a few years back, um, kind of getting their real estate journey started? What would you, what would you tell them? Uh, don't procrastinate on the systems and processes and the networking that you are going to need for success and scalability. Because if you procrastinate on it, that could end up being your biggest liability. That is good. Yeah. And advice I will try to take myself. That's a, <laughs> a very, it's a very, uh, I, I think, yeah, the more you the, the deeper you get into it, the more you realize how important the systems are, how it's hard to you know, sort of yeah. keep with everything if yeah. you don't. If you I always don't. say curate and collaborate, curate and collaborate. Perfect, perfect. Well, I think that's a good, a good uh, note to go out on, curate and collaborate. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great to talk to you and hear your story. Uh, I think, like I said, really, really cool stuff. I, I think it's uh, very, very interesting. Thank you, thank you so much, it was a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Well, have a good day, everyone. Goodbye. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.